welcome to this week's episode of the Fun of the Run podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady. I am so glad you're here. And I just wanted to say thank you again. As always, I appreciate the feedback on my previous episodes. Every message that you all send, it just makes my day. So keep those messages coming. I love hearing from you. You can always reach me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com or through direct messages on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode, Storytime with Michelle. Just kidding. This is going to be my race recap from this past weekend's night trail run out at Usury Mountain Regional Park. Now, the official name of this race is Stunner Night Runs, and this is part of a series of night trail races put on by Aravipa Running, which I've talked about in previous episodes. They are a local running event company, I guess you would call them, and they put on races all over um, Arizona, but they also do races in Colorado. They've just acquired another company. Um, I want to say maybe New Hampshire, Delaware. I can't remember. I'd have to do a check on that, but they just have so many options. And I really love the fact that just because it's, you know, 115, 116 out, that doesn't have to stop us from having races here in Arizona. We can just move those races to the nighttime and, you know, it's a little bit more bearable. So that's the cool thing about these races. So I signed up for the 12K and I had to look it up to you guys. So if you don't know how long 12K is, I didn't either, but it's about 7.45 miles. And I wanted to just do a shorter distance this go around. It's very hot out. And I just thought, you know, let's just, let's just do this. And so I had, I've been signed up for this for a while and I knew that it was going to be really, really hot. And I had done a night race, let's see, May 20th. And that ended up being a 25K. And you've heard the recap from that one. That was called Adrenaline Night Runs. Super fun race. I got lost in the middle. You know, if you've listened to the previous episodes, you've heard about that experience. And, and this is this, this race that just recently happened this past weekend. It's got its own share of, of funny things that happened because honestly, is it even a race if something without something crazy happening? I don't think so. So, so I have been training in the heat. Uh, I live west of Phoenix out very close to a regional park called White Tank Mountains. And some of those trails are very wonky. They are tough and, and there's not really anything flat out at the white tanks. And so that's my stomping grounds though. It's the closest place to go by my house. And so that's pretty much when I run trails, I go there. So I've been training out there and with a few runs at Estrella Mountain Regional Park as well. And I have gotten up to, I, my longest run before this race, I'm talking super recently, um, was nine miles. And I did that probably I don't know, a few weeks ago with uh, true coach Lisa and her true tribe. And uh, let's see. And it was really hot out. We started at 630 
and it was death. Okay. It was so hot. So I've been training in the heat is my point. And I've been getting out multiple times a week on the trails. And also, you know, the cool thing about running in general, and I promise I'm going to get to my recap, but one thing I like just about running in general, and, and the, here's another thing, okay, that I really like about not just running in general, but about my new coach, Kylie. She very much believes in being a hybrid runner. So while I enjoy trail running the best, I also realize that there is benefit in training on all different types of terrain. Um, and she feels the exact same way. So she wants me to run on the road. She wants me to run on the treadmill. She wants me to run on the trails. And so I have been incorporating those types of runs into my training as well. And honestly, that hasn't always been by choice <laughs> this summer, but sometimes it's, you know, whatever my schedule looks like, I'm up too late and I can't get up early enough to get out and beat the heat. I have to take it to the treadmill or I have to take it to, you know, a shady path in Marley Park and run the sidewalks there. So there's so much benefit to changing up the terrain in your training, even if you are training for a trail race, let's say. Uh, there's just so much benefit in your body getting used to these different conditions and different terrains. And so that's an awesome thing that I love about my new coach is she's on board with that. And that just, just fits seamlessly in with my, with my goals as well. So that's been really cool. Okay. So let's see. Stunner. Okay. So Stunner happened at this park called Usury Mountain Regional Park. Usury is so far away from my house. <laughs> okay. It's like, it's over an hour away, I would say. And East Mesa, Arizona. And so it's really far. And we gave ourselves plenty of time to get there. But on just in our journey from our house to get to that park, there were so many closures. And so we had to go around this way and go around that way and just go completely out of our way <laughs> and to try to get there. And I had never run in this park before. Okay, that's not true. Usury Mountain Regional Park is actually the start line of Mesa Marathon, the full marathon. So when I ran Mesa Marathon in 2020, we were bussed up to the start line in Usury Mountain Regional Park. And the funny thing about that is I, it was pitch black. This race started at 630 in the morning in February. So it was still dark when we started. So even though I technically was in Usury Mountain Park before, I could not have told you what it looked like or anything because it was dark. And by the time we got out of the park, it was still dark, you know, so we started the finish line, the marathon started and we started running down the road, the main road in this park. And then you turn out of the park and then you start running the, the streets, the city streets. And so I couldn't have told you what Usury Mountain Park looked like before this, but I had been there. Okay. Technically. So my race was set to start at 8 15 PM, the 12 K. And then my husband, this was his first trail race. His race was 6K and it was set to start at 8.30. We left our house at about 10 minutes till 6 p.m. And with all the closures and stuff, we got to the race. Well, we got to the park where you turn into the park at least in a long line of traffic trying to get in. It was a little after seven. And 
this line was just crawling. I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever been to a race except for Ragnar that took so long to get in. It just took a really long time. And I told you this was kind of going to be a story time, but there was a truck in front of us and he had a bike on the back. So I think he was going to come into the park to ride a bike, right? He waited in this super long line. Okay. We probably were in this line for like 15 minutes from the time we turned off the road. And then, you know, you're waiting to get through the, whatever you call it, the little guard shack thing where they, where you pay to get into the park. So we're behind this truck this whole entire time. And when he get, when it's his turn to talk to the park employee, he starts giving him grief. And all I could gather from seeing the the park employee's expression and what she was saying was he didn't want to pay the fee to get in. And she kept saying, no, it's $7, it's $7. And no, sorry, no, no, no. And he wouldn't leave. And I think she said, hey, you know, there's a lot of cars behind you. There's a race going on, something like that. And he wouldn't move his vehicle to let other people through. And so her and another employee were like trying to shush him through it, like push him through, like wave him through, like move. You need to get out of the way. You can park over there, but you need to move. And finally he did. But the frustrating thing about it was, you know, time is ticking. And my, I, I wasn't like super stressed because I knew that even though I think at this point, so my race started at 815, I think it was getting close to like 730 at this point. And so I knew I still had 45 minutes, but we still had to get through this checkpoint and then go find a parking spot, which was not at the start line, but we had to get shuttled from this parking area to the start line. So I knew we still had a shuttle ride and I knew I wanted to warm up and go to the bathroom and I still had to get my bib. And, you know, so once we're, we hit like under an hour, I kind of started getting a little bit nervous. And so it just kind of was one of those things that added to a little bit of stress. And let me back up. Let me just back up, back up, back up before we even get to the park. I wanted to tell you guys about this. I had such a garbage day, okay, before we left for this race. I felt totally fine physically, but my husband and I were not how can I say this? Getting along the best. Okay. And nothing to do with the race or anything like that. It's just that we had words in the morning and he hurt my feelings and I hurt his feelings. And, and then, you know, we're, we're in this super long car ride together to get to this race venue. And neither one of us are like feeling particularly like, you know, loving at this moment. And it just, it just was a rough day. Like when we're not getting along, I have a hard time just, it's just hard. You know, your world doesn't feel right. At least mine doesn't. And so on top of, of that, then we're in this really long line and I'm like, okay, I'm not stressing yet, but I'm kind of getting there. So I, I'm just including that to just kind of give you like a, an overall how I was feeling before I got to the start line of this race. Okay, so we finally get through the checkpoint. We get to our car. I'm sorry, we get to our car. You guys, I don't even know what I'm saying. We get to our parking spot. We get out, got all of our gear together. I ended up bringing an ice bandana with me. And I, I debated till almost the last second hat or no hat because I knew I wouldn't need a hat because it would be dark most of the time. But I'm so used to wearing my visor that 
I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to feel like myself if I don't have my visor, you know? And so then I just kind of looked around, started scanning the other people that were runners that had come, that had parked. And I was like, okay, she's wearing a hat. He's wearing a hat. I'm wearing my hat. Like, I don't care. So I grabbed my hat. Of course I had my pack, my orange mud pack, and I had goose and um, things that were already packed in there fueling for my run. And my bladder was full of water and noon hydration, my water bladder. Okay. In my pack. That's what I'm talking about. And just, I had all this, these different things with me. So I was ready to go and we got on the shuttle. I started talking to a nice guy right away, immediately just clicked with his dude and we were talking and got on the shuttle and ended up at the headquarters for the race. So by this time, we maybe had 30 minutes. So it's probably 7.45. And my race is supposed to start at 8.15. So the first thing I did is go get my bib. All right. This race, um, they give you a race goodie when you, when you register as well. And so the race goodie this time was a pair of gaiters. And mine were super cool. They're like all of the different names of the night races in this series, Adrenaline, Stunner, Sinister, all that on these gators. And so they're black with these like kind of neon little um, logos and stuff. So they're really cool. And my husband, he got sharks, which is hilarious. So his are like these kind of royal blue gators with sharks all over them. Super funny. Anyways, <laughs> I got the cool ones. All right. What I didn't think about until we were almost to the race was we are getting race shirts. We are getting gators. We took a shuttle to get here. So we're not going to take the shuttle to get back to our car to put our shirts in the car until after the race. And so like my husband, he was doing the 6K. He didn't have a pack with him. He had like just the pockets on his pants that he was running in, but he didn't have any place to shove a t-shirt. My t-shirt I opened out of the package and I did this like luggage roll that I do like when I'm packing for a trip and I folded a certain way and I rolled my t-shirt up and I ended up putting it in the pocket of my vest and it barely fit. I just shoved it in there and then I took his gaiters from him and my gaiters and I was able to just shove them in another pouch that I had. Um, one of them went with my, I think maybe, let's see. Oh, I had like a Ziploc that had extra noon tablets in it and salt tabs. And so I shoved the gators up in that pocket. And then I was able to find another little pocket to shove his gators up in. And then I said, I'm sorry, but I don't have any room for your shirt. You're going to have to figure something out. And I kind of felt bad <laughs> about that, but he was able to go and give, give it back to the, the people at registration and say, Hey, can I come grab this after my 6k? And they were fine with it. So that all worked out. And once that got figured out, you know, we pinned our bibs on. Well, as soon as I got in line to get my bib, so a few minutes before this, someone's like, hey, I know you. Okay, well, I don't know you, but you're Waddell Running Lady. I follow you on Instagram. And it was so nice. It was so funny because it's like I <laughs> barely just got in this line. And it was so cool. And her name was Sarah. She was super sweet. And I felt like such a loser because like, as soon as we started talking, it was my turn to get my bib and, and there was a line behind me. So I'm like, I didn't even have time to tell her, Hey, just a second. I turned around, got my bib, did all that stuff. And by the time I turned around, she was gone. And so then I was like, Oh, she probably thinks I'm such a rude person. And so I'm going around trying to find this Sarah, you know, and I finally found her, you know, maybe 
I don't know. It was before the race started. I was able to find her again. I'm like, sorry about that. And, you know, able to chat a little bit with her and her friends. I found Karen. Karen Cupcakes is her Instagram handle. I was able to find her. She Well, she actually found me and she wanted to meet my husband. And so I was able to, to say hi to her and her friend. And I'm trying to think. I saw a few other people before the race started. And this is really cool. So I got a text from my coach saying, Michelle, tell me when you get here. And I'm thinking, I'm already here. And I said, well, we are under the insomniac night run sign trying to get a picture. So my husband and I were just about to get our picture and, and Kylie came up. And I'm like, hey, just a second. Let me, let's get this picture real quick, you know. And so then I was able to give her a hug and meet her in real life. And she, uh, we got a picture together. And she's like, Michelle, you've trained in the heat. You know, you're going to be fine. It's really warm out. And I'm like, I know. She's like, you're going to be totally fine. You've got this. I said, my goal was three hours. She's like, oh, you're totally going to get that. You know, you'll totally do it. You're, you're good. And so I thought, well, she has more confidence in me than I have in myself. And just a few little, you know, words of encouragement. And then pretty much I warmed up and then it was time for me to go. And so this race was in the dark when I started. The last night race I did, I think because I did a longer distance, the longer distances always start before the shorter ones. And so I started when it wasn't quite dark yet and I didn't really need my my waist lamp yet. This race, when I started, I needed my waist light immediately. And so I turned it on and started running. And I had asked Kylie, my coach, ahead of time, I said, what is my strategy for this race? Like I've been training with run walk intervals uh, specifically with run one minute walk one minute intervals is how i've been training in this heat um, i was supposed to get up to two minutes running one minute walking i have not been able to transition to that yet it's it's just been so hot and just for whatever reason i have not been able to transition to the to those intervals yet and so i said what should i do and she said here's my words of advice run when you can walk when you need to and crawl if you have to. <laughs> She's like, I'm just kidding about the crawling part. But seriously, don't overthink it. Run when you can. If you need to walk, walk. You know, she's like, just, it, it just was very reassuring to me because, and I told her, I said, I'm starting at the very back because I don't want to be stressed. I've been in trail races where I started too close to the front and then just hordes of people passing me. It just was, and then I felt like that horde was just pushing me along at a pace that I wasn't really comfortable with running um, and that I was going to burn myself out too soon. So I told my coach I'm starting at the back so I'm not stressed and, you know, which whatever. She was fine with that. So that just gave me some reassurance going into this race that I'm going to do what I need to do and what my body feels is right. So started off and just started running right away. And of course I had warmed up a little bit. I did some squats and some leg swings and things like that before the race started, but I started running right away. And I think I started at a pretty conservative pace and just looked at the lights ahead of me, the swarm of people with their headlamps and waist lights. And it was, it's just such a beautiful sight to run in the desert at night and under the moonlight. The moon was not it was not a full moon, but there was enough of a moon to where you could see like the desert was kind of lit up a little bit and it was beautiful. And I could just tell from the get go, this was going to be fun. Okay. I love running at night in the desert. It's so much fun. Well, this trail, oh my goodness. Let me just tell you, 
all right, I already loved trail running before I did this race. And I already loved running trails at night before I did this race. And I've done other nighttime trail races. But for some reason, this race and this trail, if such a thing is possible, I fell in love harder (laughs) with nighttime trail running during this race. I mean, I was just like in awe of this trail. Well, for one thing, it was very flat. And I had heard that, you know, but I hear that about other races too. It's like, oh, this is a flat course. And it's like, okay, well, flat is relative in in a sense, because I think, I can't remember if it was Chicago or something. And then there ends up being this kind of part that was not flat. And I was like, you know, this isn't flat, whatever. It is overall, Chicago is. But I just was like, okay, well, they say flat, but we'll see. No, this was pretty much flat. It was not completely flat. You did go down a little bit. You did have to climb a few times, but nothing crazy. It was not rolling hills. It was just, it was, in fact, mostly flat. It was amazing. And there was just the scenery under the moonlight, just the cacti that you would see next to the trail and the bushes and the I saw so many bugs and just, it was just, it was so pretty. I I don't even know what to tell you. I loved it. So I kind of started to get a groove and decided I was not going to use intervals unless I absolutely had to. And so I just started trying to run at a pace that I felt like I could maintain for a long time. And then I got in my head and I started thinking, okay, like, what's my plan going to be? You know, I need to fuel you know, every 35 minutes, because that's what I'm used to doing on runs over an hour and a half, anything over 90 minutes, I fuel during the run. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to fuel every 35 minutes. And I'm going to just enjoy this time. And I'm going to get through this one step at a time. Forward is a pace, just keep moving forward, and I will get to the finish. And this is not and I just kept telling myself, this is not a long race. It's only seven and a half miles. You know, you got this, Michelle. So one thing that kept kind of popping up during this race was, was the heat and my ice bandana. I started out with the ice on the back of my neck. And then for some reason, if it just, it, if it doesn't feel like it's helping me and it feels like it's just more of a, like uh, choking me around my neck, I like to pull the ice to the front so I can feel the cold against my neck in the front. And that helps. And so I did that. And it helped for a while. And I just kept running through, turned on a podcast. And I think if I remember right, it was Scary Trucker Stories, which is really funny. But that's what I was listening to. And (laughs) I guess to make myself run faster from the boogeyman, I don't know. So I was out here and I will tell you that for most of this run, I was not, there wasn't someone next to me ever, but I could always see somebody ahead of me or behind me pretty much the entire time. So much so that at one point during the race, and this was within the first couple of miles, I had to go to the bathroom again. And I was like, I can't even stop to turn, to go to the bathroom, to turn off my light because there are people behind me. And, you know, so I was like thinking, pass me, hurry up and pass me. You know, I got to go to the bathroom. (laughs) And so finally they did. And I was able to look and okay, it was clear. And I was able to do what I needed to do. Didn't get lost that time. That happened later. Sorry, it did. And I was able to get back on my way. All right. So I knew that I had an aid station coming up at mile five and a half. So pretty much the race is almost done at that point, right? But I was looking forward to 
going ahead and getting some ice and, and refilling my ice bandana and getting something cold to drink. And it seemed like, I don't know, for whatever reason, the heat was just, it didn't feel. So when I started this race, it was 104. That's what I heard. But I, I think it might have been a little bit hotter than that. So I had one friend who said her Garmin recorded it as 109 when we started. But then I saw other people's stories that said 104. So I really don't know for sure what the actual temperature was. All I know is about every two-ish miles, I would say, my arms started feeling like noodles. And thankfully, it wasn't my whole body this time that started feeling like noodly and wimpy and limp. But my arms would start getting that way. And to me, that's the telltale sign that I'm getting, I'm too hot, you know, so, and this is going to affect me. So I bought, brought with me salt tabs and I actually brought six along and because I normally take two at a time. So when I started feeling my arms get noodly at around mile two, two and a half, something like that, I took two of those salt tabs and, you know, of course I'm drinking all the time during this race, not like gulping, but I'm sipping the entire time. And so I would take a drink of that chew up those salt tabs. And then, like I said, every 35 minutes, I just was, I was just like clockwork. I mean, I knew that even though I didn't want the gel or want the glucose that, you know, that, which is another brand of, of not hydration, but nutrition, I knew that I needed to take it because that would keep me strong for the duration of this run. So I would take that every 35 minutes, one or the other glucose or goo. And it seemed like if I gave myself just a few minutes and just like kind of calmed, you know, made sure and stayed calm and whatever, all that stuff started working in my body to where I started feeling just totally normal again and was able to just cruise. I remember it around mile three, between miles three and like five or six, I just remember like, it probably wasn't till six, it was probably till five or so. I just remember cruising and I just felt so good. And I'm like, I am going to keep this momentum up as long as I can, because I just, I just felt good. I was able to run and just run. And for me, running is, is slow, but who cares? It was my running. It was my pace. It was my race. And I was just like, you know, if I'm in last place, I don't care. I'm finishing this thing. And I was actually making really good time for myself. I was at mile four by one hour and 16 minutes. And for me, that's really good for a trail race. So I was in a good mood. I was happy. Well, a couple miles later. So let's see if I took the first salt tabs at about two and a half, about two miles later, I had to take two more salt tabs because I, the noodlies started coming back again. So same thing. I'm like, okay, we're going to beat this thing. We're just going to take more salt tabs. So I took more salt tabs and, and again, just went to hit the aid station at about five and a half miles and saw Mike, my friend, and he was there and I was able to get just a little piece of a, they're these really yummy potatoes that they have at all the trail races. <laughs> I was able to grab that and some ginger ale and then I was able to refill my ice bandana and shove ice down my bra and get this wet, icy, watery, cold, wet sponge and just kind of pour water all over. And, and it just helped so much cool me down. And, and then I was able to just 
take off again. I knew I had two miles left at this point. And so I was ready. You know, I was like, let's do this thing. And my ice bandana, while we're talking about ice and stuff, it had, everything had melted within the first couple of miles. So it was really hot out and it just, it just, this time it just didn't last a super long time. So once it got to where there was no more ice left in it, I pulled it off because I just can't handle it unless there's ice in it. I pulled it off and I kind of wiped myself off with it, you know, now and again, because while it still felt cold and I shoved it in my shirt. Then once that didn't feel cool anymore, I pulled it out of my shirt and I tied it to my vest. And then, like I said, when I got to mile five and a half into the aid station, then I refilled it, put it back on and it was good to go till the rest of the race. So as I am running after the aid station, there ended up being a critical junction in the trail that I was supposed to turn on. So every so often, on at these races you will there there are signs and there are arrows and they tell you which way to go and all of that so and then also there are which i think i've talked about this before there are orange ribbons that hang from bushes trees cacti wherever they put them so that you see where to go and then they have these little like reflective maybe pieces of metal or something that show you so you can kind of see them glittering in the distance and know that you're on the right way so i I always look for those and I always, even before I got lost in the last trail race, I always watch for those markers. And then every so often there will be like a laminated piece of whatever paper, whatever stuck in the ground on a stake and it'll say runners, critical runners junction ahead or something. And then I know that's going to tell me which way to turn. I know we're going to be turning or doing something, you know, different. So I saw that sign and then I didn't see the junction. Like I never saw where to turn and I, I missed it somehow. And so this was, like I said, shortly after the aid station and I ended up going down and off to the right when I was supposed to go up and to the left. And so I, there were several people behind me and I saw their little lights bobbing. And so I was like, well, this, I didn't see a sign. So this must be the way to go. And so it was kind of weird because it was really flat. And then there were these like piles of gravel on either side of me, like almost like a construction site or something. I'm like, this looks weird, but I just kept going. And so then I, I turned around and I saw some of the lights behind me kind of stop and just, they were kind of bobbing in place and they just stopped and like they were reading a sign or something. And so I'm like, well, they're deciding which way to go too. And so I kept going and then I finally turned around again and they were not following me. And so I looked up. And here comes all these runners passing me, but they're up on this. And you have to remember it's dark. So, you know, something that maybe would have been totally um, visible in the daytime, I just missed it at night. And so they are all up on this levee, basically. And I, so I was like, oh, I guess I missed the trail. And they didn't hear me, apparently. Nobody, nobody acknowledged me or anything. So I climbed from where I was. I had to climb up this kind of gravel slope thing and then i got back on the trail and sure enough there were all the lights bobbing ahead of me and there are all the lights bobbing behind me so i knew that i was right back where i was supposed to be and it was a huge relief i didn't go super far off like la the last night race where i got lost i lost about half a mile this time it probably honestly wasn't even 
a tenth of a mile. It was probably even less than that. And so thankfully, you know, I got back on where I needed to be and then no issues the rest of the time um, as far as knowing where I was going. So a cool thing happened uh, on this part of the trail. So I had been running along for a couple of minutes, I would say. And of course, during this entire race, you guys, I was passed like 1,077, 97 million times. I mean, I got passed so many times that I'm used to getting passed in races. And this was a looped course. So there was a 6K distance, which was on a different course. So they were somewhere else. 12K, uh, let's see, 25K and 50K. Well, the loops were 12K loops. So the 50K runners and the 25K runners had to do the same loop that I was doing multiple times, the 12K loop. So I would see those 50K runners passing me and I would see them coming from the opposite direction and things like that. So at one point I'm running on this levee and I hear, there you are. And I look over and slapped hands with a runner coming up beside me and her name was Liz and she's also coached by Kylie, which is super awesome. And so we were able to meet and she's like, Kylie's my coach too. And it's so good to meet you and, and you're doing great. And, you know, we just kind of, you know, yay, and, you know, and then she took off and it was super cool meeting her on the run and she was doing the 50K. I believe. And she looked really strong. You looked really strong out there, Liz. And so it was super fun to meet another athlete that Kylie coaches. And it just give, give me a little bit of pep in my step. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, let's do this thing. And it was just, it was awesome. And one other thing I want to throw in at this point is uh, it's something I've noticed about every trail race I've ever done. And honestly, including Ragnar, trail runners are so supportive. I'm not saying every single one of them is, but 99% of the people that passed me acknowledged me in some way, gave me a thumbs up, said great way to push, um, said good job, nice work, you're killing it. I'm serious. I would say 99% of the people. I was running most of the time, but even when I was walking, I got the same encouragement. Some of these guys were booking it past me and they were drenched in sweat and they still told me what a great job I was doing. And that is something that I just, I I, I love about the trail running community. I love it. It's, it's just so encouraging to me that you guys, I'm the slowest one there. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. They were still out there supporting me. And it, it's just, I love it. Okay, so everything's going well. I get to where I know I have a mile left. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. I did have to pop another salt, two more salt tabs about, I think, a mile from the finish line. I just was not feeling, I, I just was not feeling quite right. My arms were noodly again. And I will say that even though it was really hot out because it was dark, it didn't feel anything like the heat that I deal with when I run out in full sun. So even though my body was really hot and I would get those noodly arms, it didn't feel as hot. I don't know if I'm describing this right, but I didn't know I was as hot as I was. That makes sense. So I popped two more salt tabs. Of course, I kept up with my fueling and drinking. Um, and I knew like I've got this in the bag and my time was looking really good. It was looking like I was going to finish in about two hours and 30 minutes or less, 
well, which was great. So I, I knew, you know, pretty early on that I was going to make my goal and beat my goal. So I knew that after like four miles that I was going to make this goal. So I could see the finish. I couldn't see the finish line, but I could see the light from the race headquarters and I could hear the music playing. And I was within, I would say I was, I was within a quarter mile of the finish line for sure. Maybe a little farther out, but I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. And the waist light that I was wearing brand new, by the way. Okay. It's supposed to have a three hour time where, where, where it shines for three hours. It just went out completely. And if you remember the same thing happened to me with my older light belt at the last night race I did. So I had to switch to a headlamp, which I don't like. Well, because I was afraid of that happening again, I brought my old waist light with me too, even though I thought, well, I shouldn't need it. I mean, this is a brand new waist light. You know, this is going to last, you know, it went out. So I was like, okay, no way, no way. This is ridiculous. So I would turn it on and it would shine for like three seconds and go out. And I'm like thinking, is the cord disconnected? Did I jiggle a button? I tried different things, but, but you have to remember while while I'm trying these things, I'm like, man, I, I'm so close to the finish line. Like, I don't want to stop now and have to like figure all this stuff out. So I kind of would keep running, but then it's dark. It's so dark that I, I was afraid I was going to trip and fall. And I didn't want to break anything, especially I'm almost done. You know, how, how crazy would that be? You get a broken leg right before the finish line. So I'm like, no, I needed to figure this out. So I pulled my phone out and turned the flashlight on on my phone and I started running. And then I'm like, no, this is stupid. Like I'm going to run across the finish line holding my phone. And plus, like, I don't like running with things in my hands. I'm like, this is not working. So I was like, whatever, I'm just going to have to stop. So I stopped went off to the side of the trail, found my waist light in my pack, pulled it out and just slapped it on top of the other one and turned it on and booked it to the finish line. And I ended up finishing in two hours and 33 minutes, which was several minutes ahead of my goal time of three hours. I was thrilled. I was so happy. I was so excited. Everyone cheered me in and woo, you know, they were just, it was awesome. Held my hands up in the air like I always do and huge smile on my face and so much so that I ran right past the photographer and right past the dude that was holding the medals and handing them out and never saw him. And so I crossed the finish line and I'm done. I stopped my watch and I'm like, I have no clue where my, where to get my medal. And I texted, I think I texted my husband. No, I did not text my husband yet, but it's like, I run through this finish line. Okay. Now I'm just going to say this because maybe I'm the only one. I feel like when I cross the finish line, especially at trail races, I feel like, okay, so there are all these spectators. Usually they're waiting for their loved ones to finish, you know, the longer distances. So they're camped out in chairs and various things. I feel like they're all staring at me when I cross the finish line. Like you just ran. How weird. You know, I I just feel like, I don't know. And maybe I'm just crazy, but I feel like I'm just getting like stared at. And obviously, okay, I'm wearing a long skirt. So that could be why they're staring at me. But, and yes, I did run in it. And maybe they're thinking that I have no idea. But I was like, I need my medal. Like that was like the topmost thing on my mind. And I'm like, no, let me get a drink first. So I go to the aid station. I drank some lemonade. I wasn't hungry, so I didn't eat anything. And I'm looking around. I don't see my husband. And I don't see anybody else that I really know. And so I'm just like wandering around. And, and then I see Keisha, which is, she's a member of 
true tribe. I saw Keisha and we high-fived it. She finished just before I did, a few minutes before me. And then I finally saw, let's see, I think I saw Sarah again and her friend. And I'm like, where do I get my medal from? And, you know, I could not find where to get my medal. And then I asked somebody else and I just kind of, then I texted my husband finally. I'm like, where are you at? I need my medal. I can't find where to get it. And he was by my side pretty fast. And he's like, why do you get mine either? And we're, I'm so dumb and I was so disoriented. I walked back through like, almost like if somebody would have been finishing their race at that moment, I would have been like right in their way because I walked right back across the finish line and asked the photographer where to get my medal. And then he pointed me to the guy standing right there holding all the medals that I totally ran past and missed because I was painless or something. I don't know. So we both got our medals. They're super cool. And I will post them today as part of hashtag Metal Monday. And they're really cool. They say stunner. They're red. They're awesome. They're made out of wood. And I just, I love them so much. I love the medals from this this race series so much. But anyways, we got our medals. And then I think, what did I do? We talked to, no, we didn't talk to anybody else. I got my picture, a couple of pictures. Didn't get picture of my husband. I should have gotten our pictures together with our medals, but I just didn't and didn't feel like eating. He's like, do you want a grilled cheese for the road? I said, I don't want anything. I'm not hungry. You know, do you want this? I said, I don't want anything unless it's ice cold. And I just said, no, I I don't want anything. I'm ready to go. Hopped in the car, drove home for an hour and was cold in the car, had to aim the AC away from me. And when I got home, an hour or more later. So don't do what I did. Okay. I did not stretch after my run. I didn't do anything. I just crossed the finish line, walked, basically walked, got my metal, walked to my car and went home. So it was hard to get out of the car. I got out of the car, but you know, after sitting for an hour after running, I was kind of stiff a little bit. And then I still was not hungry, but I knew that I had to eat something. I'm so highly recommends that you eat within 30 minutes of, of running and not just racing, but running in general. I didn't eat anything. I just sat in the car for an hour. And so I ate a few peanut butter crackers and I drank something and then went to bed. Woke up the next morning. Oh, that's not true. When I was trying to go to bed, um, I was chilling. And so I had goosebumps up and down my arms. I was so cold. I was freezing. I had to bundle up in bed. I had to get a heating pad and plug it in because I was so cold. Okay, you guys, it's a hundred and some still outside, even at midnight. I mean, it might have been in the 90s by then. I think it was actually in the 90s by midnight. It was so hot, and yet here I am, chilled and goosebumps. And, you know, so something wasn't right. But I went to bed, and I woke up not very many hours later and had this headache, and I just felt terrible. And I think I hadn't even been asleep for five hours. So I got up and I tried to get some food down and I got some down and I got some, I think, protein shake down and some bagel with peanut butter and stuff. And then I just threw it up. And so I feel like the headache, the vomiting, you know, the chills, all of that. I feel like despite, you know, managing everything the best I could during the race, I feel like I still might have gotten some kind of a touch of heat exhaustion. And because even during the day yesterday, I would still chill in the middle of the day, I would just get goosebumps. And, you know, and that I'm not the kind of person that does that. Like I don't get goosebumps unless, yeah, I just don't, especially this time of year. It doesn't matter if the AC is running or not. I don't get goosebumps. So I do feel like there was some kind of a touch of, of heat exhaustion. 
And even this morning when I woke up after a good night's sleep, I still had a headache. I didn't feel well. And so I basically went back to bed and now I feel really good. So I say all that, probably way too much information and way more than you ever wanted to know, but that's what happened at Stunner Night Runs for me. A couple of things before I let you all go. I found out that I actually was not last place officially. <laughs> Even though I kept checking like the race website and looking at the live tracking and all that, and it showed me as last, I actually was not officially last, but the last place finisher was an 83 year old man and he finished in like four hours and 15 minutes. So yay for him. But the funny thing is, is that I was last other than that. I barely beat an 83 year old man. Okay. Anyways, whatever. Okay. Who cares? I was happy with last place. I'm happy with second to last place. And another note is my husband ran the same night. He ran 6K. I looked up his time. So I go to the live track. And of course, we're just sitting in the car driving. At, he's driving at this point, And I'm just sitting in, my, in the passenger seat. And I'm scrolling through trying to find his results from his race. I'm scrolling through my phone. And I keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I can't find him. And so I'm like, you've got to be kidding. So I start scrolling the other way. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding. And I keep scrolling closer and closer and closer to the top of the list. And sure enough, Dustin Schroff, 35 minutes for 6K for his first trail race. And I just wanted to like throttle him because I was like, <sighs> I was so frustrated. Okay. I, I can rejoice in other people's victories and, and I am proud of him and he did a really good job and he liked it and he enjoyed himself. But part of me was like, that is just like, really like <laughs> you barely run and yet here you are. And you know, <sighs> I am proud of him, but I also, he was joking around with me and saying that he's going to hire my coach so that he can get faster. You know, even though he was already, I think he was 35 out of 135 runners or 36 out of 135, something like that. So he is fast in my mind, very fast. You know, to me, I, I know there's people faster than him, but I was just like, here I am. So I thought he wasn't going to have to wait for me. And here I thought, Oh, look, I saved him. You know, I told him I was going to take three hours. I only took two and a half. Well, did it really matter? He still had to wait around for me for two hours <laughs> after he finished his race. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. Um, all right. So I had a few other things that I wanted to tell you really quick. Okay. So how do I feel about time off after a race? I looked at my schedule and I have the next, well, I had yesterday as a rest day. I have today as a rest day and I have tomorrow as a rest day. And then Wednesday, I can walk for 30 minutes. Thursday, I can walk for 30 minutes. Friday, I can run for 30 minutes or I can strength train or cross train, which I'm going to run. And then Saturday and Sunday, I can also run for 30 minutes. It's a little bit of a different um, setup for me compared to the, my last coach. But I have to say that I really, I really feel like this is a good idea. Um, and so even though we are going up north this weekend to Flagstaff and I'm super excited for the cooler weather and to get to run in the pines, I'm not going to get to run the miles in the pines that I want to run because I can't get very far in 30 minutes. So <laughs> I will be walking in the pines a couple times and then I will be running in the pines a couple of times, but those runs will be short, but Hey, at least I still get to do it. So I'm super excited about that. Um, what is next? What's next is, oh, let me go back to the, the recovery. I am trusting the process with, with my coach um, because 
I feel like I, you know, even though I ran, you know, I've run nine miles and training runs before and did take time off, whatever. This was a race. I did exert more effort and I'm trusting the process and I feel like it will be what's best for my body to take this time off. So I'm happy to do it. And what's up next is next month, August 19th, I am running the Vertigo 20K out at White Tanks Regional Park. I think my husband is going to run the 10K. He's going to ramp up his distance a little bit. And then the weekend after that, I'm volunteering at Jackrabbit Jubilee at an aid station um, for several hours. And then after that, I have a plan in September to run the Hangover 25K as a training run for my 50K at Pass Mountain in November. So that's what's going on with me. I hope you enjoyed this race recap. It kind of was more of a story time. I don't know if I left anything out. If you have any questions about this race, about trail running, about running these races at night, um, anything like that, I would love to hear your questions. And you can always reach out to me at front of the run podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady through direct messages. I love hearing from you. This race was a blast. It was so much fun running under the stars at night. I love, love, love trail running and I really love trail running at night. So it was an awesome experience. And I hope that maybe you'll get to run trails at night one time too. Thank you for listening to Fun of the Run podcast, and I hope that you'll join me next time.